In the history of man, there has been an elite list of things that go perfectly hand in hand. Peanut butter and jelly, mac and cheese, beer and pizza, the Captain and Tennille, and now you can add shitty hip-hop and voodoo to that list, because we watched the horrible Dr. Bones. We watched it so you don't have to, so you know what time it is. Welcome back, Moon Goons! We back! I'm your host, Mr. Lord Marshall Hampton, and with me is my always is my loyal subject, Mr. Aaron Southworth. And I forgot to introduce the name of the show you're actually listening to right now, because it's been a while. You're listening to the Horrible Horror Podcast, the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies. Movies so bad they're scary. And now I would normally introduce myself as your host, but I just did that, so I'm going to move on. But we are back after a little bit of a hiatus we took uh, to start off the year. We had just some personal stuff to attend to and to recharge the batteries. But we're back, we're excited, and we're kicking off Black History Month, coming in hot, super hot, if you will, with a little ditty called The Horrible Dr. Bones. Now, before we get into this movie proper... Um, Aaron has a little something he would like to, uh, I think he's going to drop some knowledge on us or I don't know. He's got something he wants to say, uh, in regards to black history month and the celebration of, of black culture and, and, and film in, in the film industry. So Aaron, whatever it is you got, let's hear it, buddy. Man, you took up all that intro, didn't you? What? <laughs> you took up all that intro. I didn't get a word in. You just soaked it all in. <laughs> But yeah, we're back. We, it's been a month off. I needed to recharge my batteries. I know other people did too. Um, I'm doing pretty good. I got the vaccine. Waiting for the second dose. Pretty excited. Hopefully, hopefully by March 6th, I'll be in studio again. Hopefully. That'd be, That'd be so very nice. exciting. That'd be very, very cool. All right. But yeah, it is Black History Month. We do movies of, uh, you know, uh, of the horrible horror variety for black uh, horror movies. But uh, I just kind of wanted to talk about actual good, uh, you know, horror movies from the from black directors. I mean, with history, Black History Month upon us, it'd be kind of nice to know about some lesser known directors of horror movies. And I'm going to stay away from like the black exploitation films like Blackula, which was directed by William Crane, or more of the modern urban horror movies like Tales from the Hood, directed by Rusty Cundiff. But perhaps movies that you didn't know were directed by African-Americans. Uh, movies like Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, directed by Ernest R. Dickerson. Uh, Demon Knight has become a bit of a cult classic, even if it didn't receive much love upon its initial release. Uh, this was the first feature film of the powerhouse that was Tales from the Crypt. This is HBO. This is a big name. Um, it was... And being a horror film targeted towards the general public, it was one of the first, and I still think one of the few, horror movies with a black final girl, Jada Pinkett Smith. It honestly didn't click with me at the time. I really didn't take notice because I was enjoying the movie for the movie's sake. And that's part of the charm of Demon Knight. I still really like the movie. 
I think it's badass, and I think it's good for everyone to enjoy. Plus, it features the Grave Diggers, which is awesome. Grave Diggers. Grave Diggers. Uh, next is the Hughes Brothers, Albert and Alan Hughes. Now, these guys have made some pretty famously black films, like Menace to Society and Dead Presidents. But they also made a fabulous horror period piece set in London, the year 1888. A movie depicting the first truly famous serial killer, Jack the Ripper. The movie is From Hell. Love this movie. And this movie has no black cast members, and it's set in a different country over a hundred years ago. Yeah, that's and the, the Hughes uh, brothers. That's the they Johnny Depp one, right? With Heather Graham, I think. I'm sorry. That's the uh, Johnny Depp Heather Graham movie, right? From Hell. Yes, it is. Yeah, I actually yeah. really enjoyed that one. That was a good movie. Yeah, I think they do an amazing job of putting you in the back alleys of Whitechapel, showing the grimy underworld of prostitutes, corrupt politician, and the perversion of the church. Uh, in fact, I think it was. In fact, you know, that this movie was directed by two brothers from Detroit only speaks to their skills as director. I love this movie. And then last but not least, I mean, everyone knows this name and he doesn't necessarily make non-black films as Jordan Peele. While his movies have centered around African-American characters, he invites everyone to come along while not shying away from topics of race and privilege. Uh, and Get Out, it blended centuries-old, long pain of African-Americans and their bodies being owned as slaves. And it mixed that with the actual horror element of having your body uh, possessed or stolen from you, again, by privileged white folks. It shows that African-Americans have been through, uh, with arriving in this country, slavery, manipulation, medical experimentation. But it does it with a modern context through the lens of brilliant horror film. Uh, and then there was Us. Uh, which, you know, had the rise of the tethered, who are people from the, you know, who are just like the people from the quote unquote real world, but experience sadness, pain instead of joy and happiness. They are doppelgangers wanting to experience the quote unquote real world. But obviously, this is kind of a metaphor for many colored people of color in the United States. Uh, he does this all while blending heart, humor and horror massively. Uh, I look more forward to come. Um, but those are just a few I wanted to highlight. I think uh, those are some very, you know, the first two definitely are, you know, not, they're, they're movies made for the general public, not necessarily targeted towards a black audience. And where Jordan, you know, Jordan Peele, he makes it, again, he has black characters, but he does, I think, invites everyone along, and it's always been a good ride. So I just wanted to give credit where credit's due. All right. Well, there you have it. Um and on that note, let's uh, let's dive in. Now this to... one, now this one, however, I'm not giving any credit. This goddamn thing, <laughs> the horrible Doctor Bones. I'm gonna be an equal opportunity, motherfucker, on this one because goddamn, does this suck? <laughs> uh, this horrible Doctor Bones, as movie we're doing, uh, it was released on April 25th of 2000. You can find it. Uh, you can find it on Amazon right now, you can, but it's not on Prime. You have to either rent it or buy it for like four bucks. But you can watch it on Tubi for free is what Woo! we did. <laughs> so thank you for Tubi for coming up in the clutch on that one. Yeah, big time. Uh, it's written by Raymond For Fortian. Don't know how to pronounce it. Whatever. Uh, directed by Ted uh, Nicoleo. Uh, under the name Art Carnage. Now, unlike the movies Aaron just named, this guy is total white dude directing this movie. Not a black guy. Um, <laughs> but he's got 43 director credits, including movies called Bunker of Blood 2, Devil Dolls, Aliens Gone Wild, 
Uh, he also did Puppet Master vs. Demonic Toys and Terror Vision, or other movies he's directed some people you guys might have heard of. Dude, uh, the Terror cast- Vision. Terror Vision. I, need, I really want to see that movie. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't gotten around to watching it yet either. I need to. Do you remember The Killer Eye? Of course I remember The Killer filmed, Eye. But it was filmed in Terrorvision. <laughs> yes, in Terrorvision. <laughs> um, the cast, only two people I wrote down just based on their, they have some experience and have done some things that you may have seen them in. Um, the character Rasha, who I don't even know who that is, honestly. I don't even remember what character that is, but this girl, Nicole Pulliam, uh, she was in an episode of Saved by the Bell, the new class for you old school guys out there. But she was also in Killjoy 2 Deliverance from Evil where she played CeCe, quote unquote, CeCe Washington or Cecilia CeCe Washington. And she's made appearances on TV shows like Teen Wolf, Shameless, Bones, Ray Donovan, Young and the Restless and Power Rangers Wild Force. So <laughs> she's done some stuff. And then our main girl, Lisa, is played by Sarah Scott Davis. She's got 26 credits, including seven episodes of The Newsroom. She won appearance on the, the old Drew Carey show. Uh, she was in Don King, Only in America. And supposedly she was featured party zombie in Dead Alive. And she played Tanisha in Phantasm 3. So there's a few other... You ones. loved... If I remember correctly, you loved the Drew Carey show. I dude. did. I was a big fan of that show. Loved it. Thought it, was, it was one of my favorites back in the day. It's, it just seems so odd. You know, that, that was one that resonated with you. <laughs> Uh, well, it probably because I looked like the guy. I, I shaved, I kind of shaved it, flat top, big, big fat head, and black glasses. Every guy, I, I looked like Drew Carey. Um, now, when I now when you say that, it makes total sense. <laughs> uh, he was the, he was the fat, funny guy who somehow still managed to get hot girls, which I never understood, but it was, that was what I dreamed of. So I loved that out part. Through. Did not that part did not resonate with you? No, no, no. That's why. That's why I was like, oh, I can dream someday, maybe. Um, Anyway, those are the only people in the cast I, I wrote anything about, so not much to go on there. Well, Dr. Bones, he was in a ton of stuff. Too. Yeah, Dr. Bones, I forget the guy's name. Uh, he's been in a lot of stuff. Like, he's got a long body work, but, like, nothing that I remember being, like, substantial or... Remember, like, it was, it was like, a ton of TV shows, like, a one spot here, one spot there, yeah. one spot there. Just nothing, like, you'd ever, like, really stick out. But he, he has been working for a while on, like, yeah. one, one and done stuff, so... That's I didn't I don't know. So anyway, let's get into uh, here we go. The horrible Doctor Bones. So we're gonna come in high. So sit back because uh, we got a lot. <laughs> this opening cracks me. Okay, so we open as soon as you press play. We watch this on Tubi to keep. We'll keep that in mind. So you press play, oh, God, yeah. and the first thing you get is a trailer slash ad for a whole another movie called Ragdoll, which is like about a voodoo killer doll or something like that. So this trailer is like five minutes long. That's a long ass trailer to kick off a movie. Um, and then after the trailer, then you think we're gonna get the movie, right? No, we get a fucking commercial for the doll, for like the collector toy doll from the movie rag doll, which you can buy on fullmoontoys.com. Uh, and the commercial itself is pretty much just another trailer for the movie that you just saw. Um, so after to- to- the toy commercial's over, you get another commercial, and this time it's for the soundtrack of the movie Ragdoll. And I'm like, holy fuck, I have never seen this before, ever, in a movie. And like, again, like this, this many this ads is- before the movie even starts? <laughs> it's insane. So 
At this point, we're like seven minutes into the runtime of pressing play, and uh, it's all commercials. And so after seven minutes of commercials, you guys want to guess what comes next? Another <laughs> fucking commercial. Um, this one is for the Dr. Bones collectible toy doll, which you can buy for $19.99 plus $4.99 shipping and handling from fullmoontoys.com back in 2000. And, and mind you, it's only made in from the finest material. The, the finest plastic cloth. and cloth, I think is what they actually say. Um, oh, my God. Dude, so, I didn't know we would talk about this, but I remember like looking at the runtime for this movie, and it was an hour and 51 minutes, and I texted Marshall like, what the fuck, man? I'm yeah, like, I, I, there's a reason I didn't text back. It's like, oh, I'll let him find out on his own about this one. <laughs> but then once I started seeing the commercials roll in, I'm like, oh, that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now that commercial like ends. An hour, 15 minutes. So that commercial ends, and it has to be time for the actual movie now, right? Because we've gotten like five commercials now. But fuck no, it ain't, because we get another commercial for the horrible Dr. Bone soundtrack this time. And I'm like, holy shit, this is not happening. Like, are we getting punked? Because I've, this blows my mind that we've had set to like almost 15 to 20 minutes worth of like commercials and trailers for other shit before the movie even starts. Oh uh, yeah, it's easily it's easily twenty minutes. Yeah, it's easily twenty minutes of commercials for the movie you're about to watch. Okay, well actually it's ten minutes. I have it written down. So after finally ten minutes of commercials and ads and trailers, so but you it guys, feels like twenty. I want to I want to check your math because I felt <laughs> twenty minutes there, brother. And dude, I looked up some of these. Like I looked for the dolls. I looked for the soundtracks online. I couldn't find them. Well, this was back in 2000, so who, yeah. I didn't do a deep dive. I just kind (laughs) of looked for one. Um, So finally the movie starts. After like 10, 15 minutes of ads and stuff, it finally starts. And we open with a crash. It's just a monotone mess. And it's kind of hard to read. They're really shitty. Once they're over, we see a woman in like a little black dress and sunglasses, this black girl, uh, she's leading this like twenty-something guy. I shouldn't say the entire cast is black. It's, it's an urban cast. It, they're all black. Uh, so this woman in a black dress and sunglasses is leading this twenty-something-year-old dude down this hallway to to a door at the end. It says no admittance. And through the door they go, and downstairs she takes him down some stairs, and the end is like this empty brick, concrete-looking, unfinished basement warehouse-type-looking room. Right. And we see Dr. Bones, our main, our Dr. Bones there, along with another woman and a guy standing in like a sound booth, like behind a, in a behind the glass of what's like a makeshift sound booth. And um, they're looking out at the, the 20-something that just came in. They're looking at him. The girl in the black dress and the sunglasses gives the dude some rolled up cash out of her dress. And it's just like a $10 bill because he opens up and it looks like a 10. It's like, here's her 10 bucks. And she leaves. Um. The woman in the sound booth next to Dr. Bones asks the new guy, like, hey, are you ready? Um, Dr. Bones tells her to play the music, and you get some generic, real generic hip-hop beats start playing. Uh, random dude starts bopping his head to the beat. He's like, yeah, all right, he's dancing a little bit. Uh, Bones tells the woman next to him to double the gain, and this causes the dude to uh, grab his head in pain and he start, and then he starts flinging his arms around. And he's screaming in pain, and his head begins to like distort and like become all wavy, and it grows and shrinks. And, and it's really weird effect. Um, the dude just stands there screaming and twitching and flailing around, 
and his body and arms start to just do that same distortion, weird, just warp was warping effect. And God, the effects are so fucking cheesy and bad. They're terrible, but in like in an enjoyable kind of way, they're terrible. <laughs> like it, I'm like, okay, all right, we know where it's this is gonna be bad. Uh, but eventually, the dude's head just fucking explodes in a horribly lame special effect. This one is actually really bad, not really fun bad, it's just bad. Um, so he's dead. His head just explodes. His body falls to the floor. Blood spurts out his neck stump. Uh, and this frustrates Dr. Bones, who says another experiment failed. And then now we just cut to the outside of Dr. Bones's nightclub. Yeah. All right. But I just want to talk about Dr. Let's just break it down a little bit. I, love, I want to talk about Dr. Bones. I like Dr. Bones' style. I mean, he's, he's an older gentleman. Probably in his 50s, thin, early always 60s. Always wearing suits, looks nice and pressed. He's got some nicely manicured dreads. It's one of the few guys who can pull off dreads and look classy. Because his, dude, his, dreads, his dread wig looks like somebody just plopped a mop top on top of him. I like his dreads. They're thin and clean, not thick and like full of crap. I'll give, give you that. They're not Rastafarian dreads. They're, they're more modern. Like yeah, I'll give you hair. that, but. Yeah. Anyway, but he speaks well. He's got a cool cane. I'm, I'm a fan of Dr. Bones. Um, the effect you were talking about when the guy's head was about to explode. First thing I fucking thought of, Black Hole Sun, 1990. Oh, like, three, yes! Yeah, it's very Black Hole like, Sun. Wavy, weird, like it, like it would distort the face and distort, like making eyes bigger and mouths smile bigger. Yeah. And I was like, Holy shit, that's Black Hole Sun effects. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think, wow, I didn't even think about that. Good call on that, man. Good, good pullback on that one. Um, So we go outside of the club. And we see a, a sign advertising like open band auditions today or something like that. Um, and like these two like urban looking secret servants, agents, guys, there's like two guys dressed in like black clothes with sunglasses on guard, like the, bouncer. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's the black matrix. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's kind of like black matrix. Yeah. Um, it's black matrix. Cause the girls got the sunglasses, the black dress. The yeah. Huge address. Nice with black sunglasses. It's Black Matrix. Yeah, I call it Black Secret Service, but yeah, same thing. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so uh, inside the inside the venue in the club, some bands playing their audition while Bones and his female partner sit in the back watching them. Uh, Barry, we, Aaron mentioned this, but he's, he always carries around this uh, crappy looking cane. As I thought it has like she looking skull on the top of it, like the, at the top of the handle, like is this golden skull. But it's not quite a human skull, and it doesn't look very good, in my opinion. It's but... like an alien skull. Yeah, or something. It's, it's like a weird alien skull. Or it, it doesn't. Or, or a squirrel skull. Or a squirrel <laughs> skull, a very large squirrel, maybe a raccoon skull. Um, but so we go back outside, and we meet our main group of characters as they get out of their uh, minivan. Uh, there's two guys and two girls that make up the band called the Urban Protectors, uh, and the third guy Wait, is. It sounds like a Saturday morning black like crime fighting. It team. does. It sounds like yeah. It sounds like an early '90s black superhero movie or something like superhero Urban cartoon. Protectors. Urban protectors. <laughs> um, uh, and then the, there's the third guy who's kind of like their manager slash agent named Jamal, and he's oh, like he's a sound guy. He he knows that urban protector sound. Yes, he's the only one. Apparently, he's got the magic fingers that can make him sound good. Yeah. <laughs> And we're going to put good in quotation marks here. Um, 
Uh, and he's dating or banging the lead singer uh, of the group, Lisa. Uh, they grab their gear. Uh, they grab like two guitars and they start heading inside. The first band finishes up their audition and leaves. And now we get treated to another shitty music audition, this time by some generic hip hop guy that we have to suffer through. Like his, his entire song, man. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, the you entire we thing. We didn't mention before, we had to watch the whole performance of the first people when Dr. Bones was watching. Yeah. And then this dude gets up. We watch his whole performance. And then the fucking Urban Protectors get up. And we're like, we're, guess we're what? That, we're but, I mean, they're, they are too. so blatantly obvious. They are padding the shit out of the runtime with this useless uh, musical performances by these no-name guys. Because, I mean, it, it, it just, it, it's fucking terrible. And I would understand it more watching a full performance if they actually got like you know some kind of like real rapper somebody with some kind of name value like busta rhymes or or nelly um but you know just they just got like some no name dude up there you know whatever but if they're gonna i don't know it's it sucks it it sucks um anyway as Aaron said up next are the urban protectors uh jamal introduces himself to bones and his partner who we finally learned the girl's name is uh theodora is bones's partner in crime um and well we are talking i had some notes about his dreadlocks his wig but we already talked about that a bit so we'll move on uh jamal real quick i do want to talk about real fast what is it with our horrible horror black history month movies and always being involved in bands or some sort of entertainment crips last one we yep. did those guys were aspiring rappers they were going to be like wu-tang if you remember yeah Hala too it was a band they were on the road they were in, they had you know they, they just got done with the club show in the very beginning we also did uh hollow if i kill you now that wasn't a band yeah it wasn't a band but it was still stand-up comedy still in like the entertainment world def jam and then, it was basically and then in, it was and then, black, yeah def, def jam, jam. <laughs> And then in Hollow One, the one girl had a TV show, like a sister sister type TV show. Again, in entertainment. What is it with these fucking <laughs> urban horror movies where they can't help but just stereotype cast play themselves as like, I'm a singer, I'm a dancer, I'm a rapper, I'm a you know TV star. It's like, Jesus Christ, can't people be normal? Yeah. Can't they just like work in IT or something? Well, you kind of had that in the first Killjoy. They were just... Yes. Yeah, ghetto people. Kind of they were students. They were students, students in the ghetto, and we had the gangsters, um, <laughs> the the white gangsters who were trying to rap. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I mean that's a really good point. Yeah, a lot of them are like almost all of them. But have it's been just, that way. it's just so it's it's like when I saw they were banned, I'm like, fuck, I've seen this a million times. Yeah, um, and we're gonna see it again. So. Um, Jamal mentions to Bones that his group usually perform in costume. And he's like, hey, is there a place for them to change into? And Bones like, don't worry about that now. It, it, we can get to that later. Just have them play. So I the, really wanted to know what kind of costumes they were wearing. Yeah. Like, I was hoping it'd be something silly and fun and weird. Yeah. I'm sure it was just going to be... But like, what a weird thing to say, like costume. Yeah, I, like, we're going to come back to that later because I want to talk more about that. Um so the UP take the stage while Jamal heads into the mixing booth along with Theodora. And now again, we're treated to another full length music performance. It sucks just like all the others, but at this one, I'm going to play you the music clip. So you can actually um, hear what the quote unquote urban protectors are supposed to be and how great they are. 
And, so you uh, need to suffer through this as well. Yeah. So. Um. Feel free to fast forward if you do not want to listen, but I am going to play the clip. Do not play the whole song, Marshall. Do not play the whole song. <laughs> do not play. What do you mean the whole song? We're going to play Don't it. play the whole song. We are so happy to be here. Just give us a taste. Oh, you're gonna be disappointed. What is this magic? A new spell. Lately, I had dreams of your body. I wake up hot in a cold sweat. What is this magic? You know, I do think they had the right instruments that added up to the band. You know, they had a drummer, a keyboard player, and a bass player. Well, that's the thing. Like, I was, I was gonna say, cause it's funny, cause they bring in like guitars, like two guitars, but there's only one bass player. There's no lead guitar or rhythm. Player. It's just one bass player, a drummer, and a keyboard. Which they never bring those. Just, they just carry in two guitars and they go. And I thought that was funny too. But this is pretty much the whole song. Hey, nani, nani, hey, nani, nana, hey, nani, nani, you fell my body. Hey, nani, nani. This is like the entire song. It goes on for like two and a half minutes. And Please we're at stop. a minute and 20 seconds right now. It goes off like another minute of just, hey, nani, nani, you blah, blah, blah. Why are you going to torture us? Because that's what this show is about. <laughs> no. All right. All right, so I'll fade it out. That, that, I mean, that is pretty much their song. That, that, that is their big hit. That's their big number. Yeah, um, you guys get it. You guys, you guys get it. You know yeah. what they're about. That's that's their. That's all you know. I mean, once that garbage finally ends, Bones gives them a standing ovation, saying he's that pumped. was it. He, that he, was the one. He is, he is pumped. He's clapping. Yes. Yes, that's the sound I've been looking for. Yes. Yeah. Like, like he discovered fucking gold in them their hills. He yeah. is excited. Um. So Bone asked, "What's the name of the lead singer?" Asked the lead singer, "What's her name?" You know, Lisa. And then she, Lisa introduces the rest of the band. The other girl, the get the keyboard player is Wanda, and then we have Pookie and Phil. Which one's which? I don't fucking know. I don't know who's who. Um. I'm Pookie assuming the Pookie's, the, Pookie, Pookie's the, the chubby drummer, I think, and Phil's the bass player. I That's my guess. Um, Jamal gets a little pissed when Bone kisses Lisa's hand. He's like, oh, you're moving into my girl. You know, you better step off. That kind of shit. Um, Lisa's, I got to look at Lisa's hair. It looks like she got like spark plugs going across the top of her head. It's really weird hairstyle. Like a bunch of like, I don't know. It's weird. It's odd. Um, Bone says that he's found his new band and tells him to come by the office tomorrow to sign all the paperwork and promises that he's going to make them all very, very rich. Um, so at this point, in comes this other guy named Maxie White. Uh, he's doing a slow clap. He's like, yeah, good job. 
Um, now, we kind of get that Bones and Max, they have some kind of like beef or rivalry going or something. He, he is the rival club owner, and he's 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 biting off of Dr. Bones's auditions. He's, yes, he's, 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 snaking, he's, he's snaking the competition. Yes, he's trying to scoop up that talent. Um, and this doesn't sit well with Bones, and Bones fingers ask, gets him out, and Maxie leaves, and Bones calls him a bottom-feeding scavenger. Uh, the, the UP exit the building. They load back all their stuff back in the van. They're all excited, pumped up about the, their success. You know, oh, we did it. We got it. Uh, but Jamal is hesitant. And he's like, we get to watch this. We should be careful. I don't really trust Bones. We, we don't get too excited yet. And they all start, at that point, they all share a toast they, and drink from some kitty paper cups. Uh, that's their big toast. Like these little kitty paper cups. Kind of shitty. I kind of like, I kind of liked it. Honestly, I kind of liked it. Because they I mean they arrived in a minivan. They're a struggling van. They have like a cheap bottle of booze and some like little cups to do a toast. I, I thought that was actually kind of charming. Okay. Uh, Jamal says that they need to be careful because there's something about bones he just doesn't trust. But at this point, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't trust bones and slick fingers getting into his woman's poon ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, How's that go? Poo nani nana? How that song go? I don't know. I don't think it's poo nani nana. I think it's hey nana. But yeah, I like I like well, your rendition better. He, he's scared of getting in that poo nani nana. Um. So, but of course, all the other members of bands they don't want to hear it. They're like, whatever. We, we make it. Don't ruin this for. Us. Um. At this point, Maxie White he comes back. He approaches the band, tells them that even though he doesn't have the same money and resources, Bones to, or the radio station. Doctor apparently, Doctor Bones has his own radio station now too. Um, Max says he offers a fair deal and no one ever has to come chase him for a buck. He tells him that things don't work out with Bones. I, he's got several clubs. He'd love to book them in and have them play. And then Maxie gives him his card and leaves. I love his plug. I love his plug. I, I love like his plug too. Like, I don't really mind Max. If he's supposed to be like, like he's scum, bottom feeding scum sucker, like Bones, he's nice. He's like doing his things. Like he's just out there hustling. He's working. But I, I, I love, I love this. I don't have as much money. I don't have as many clubs. I don't have a radio station, but I'll pay you. you know? <laughs> I'll pay you an honest, fair wage or fee, honest salary, you know, honest, honest worth. And you never have to come chase me for a buck. I always honor my debts, basically, and I'll get you playing. Well, here's a question, Marshall. Yeah. Would you rather get paid more than you're worth than get paid what you're worth? Well, of course you're going to say more than, but you got to also say about who's paying you. Like, are you, are you making the deal with the devil? Or you make a deal a, a straight up deal where there's no consequences and you just you know so yeah you gotta balance that out too that's part of the equation. Oh, uh, Doctor Bones just wants to get up at that punani na. Yeah. Jamal is just not having it. He's he not. Fucking spoil story. We cut back inside Bones's club where we see a guy dressed uh, in black. He kind of looks like one of the uh, you know Men in Black or the, or the Black Secret Service. One of those guys. Some we never black seen Matrix. before. Um, he stumbles into view, choking and gagging. He bounces off the stage, falls onto the floor right in front of the camera, and we see his face is covered in blood and looks kind of like burnt or something. Like something, he's got some trauma to his face, but it's shitty makeup, so you can't really tell. Uh, the guy twitches around the floor for a while, and we see Theodora along with the other guy we saw in the basement sound booth with Bones and them come out from behind a pillar uh, they kneel down next to the uh, at the guy on the floor. Bones walks out from behind the pillar. Now followed by like the, this like m- this entourage of 
black secret service guy, like his crew. Like there's just a whole, there's like a dozen of them just come out from behind his pillar all of a sudden, all of his cronies. And Bone says something like, it's now it's your time, Alexander. It's time to you to retire or something like that. You've um, been a great servant. You've been you've been loyal. You've been one of my best. Yeah, servants. I didn't really get all of it. Um, I couldn't make out all of it. But then Bones holds up one of the cheapest and fakest looking like human hearts I've ever seen. It's really bad. <laughs> this thing is like dollar store bad. Like it's terrible. And I guess it's supposed to be Alexander, the guy on the floor's his heart, because uh, Bone like squeezes it in his hand. Which causes Alexander's head to start to like wiggle and distort, like we saw the guy in the basement in the in the beginning. The and then black like hole sun effects. Yeah, and then like a swarm of like tiny black bats or insects <laughs> or what the fuck? No, who knows what comes flying out of the heart? That and and then Bone just says, "Rest in peace." Uh, the dude dies. He just he just dies then. Uh, I don't think his head explodes. He just dies. And Bones orders his minions to dispose of the body. After the body's dragged off screen, Bones and Theodora have a quick conversation. Uh, something about the old ways versus her new science. I don't really know. I didn't get it all. It it doesn't matter. Fuck it. We cut the Lee and Jamal back at their place, arguing more about Bones and his deal that he's offering. Uh, they argue for a while. Uh, we learned, <laughs> I did find, we learned Bones' full name is actually Nathaniel Hawthorne Bones, which I thought was kind of funny and odd. Classy. Classy yeah. name. He's also a doctor, Marshall. Apparently, he's, he's a doctor of something. I don't know why, but they call him Dr. Bones. And maybe he's like a Dr. Dre. Like, I just call himself doctor. I don't know. <laughs> uh, a doctor. A doctor of thugonomics, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's John Cena all of a sudden. Um, so, and then we just jump back to the, that door says no admittance. We go back to there and we go down to the basement uh, where Bones, who's now wearing, instead of like the white suit, uh, we saw where he's wearing like a black and red ceremonial like robe. And his yeah. face, his face looks like it was put through a cheese grater. Yeah. And it, um, and, and he's doing like this sound check with Theodore. He's like, check, check. And <laughs> it's really weird. Um, and he's also got like these like six tiny, tiny little like chicken bones or femurs or something like that, like stuck on his face. And it's not like all around his face. It's just like on one side. It's like his forehead and then down his like right cheek. It's like these six bones. It's really weird. And it looks shitty. Like It doesn't look good. Um, he holds up his skull cane, which glows brighter and brighter and eventually causes like a whiteout on the screen. So what? Like, that's a weird fucking scene. Like what the hell is going on? What is the point of this? He's doing a sound check. I don't know. (laughs) Why did they do that? Why did they like have this brief, ridiculous little moment and show Dr. Bones in this horrible, like bizarre demonic state? But obviously it's going to come back later. Why would you like reveal it? Yes, th- that's exactly my point. That's what I was going to say. Like, it was way too soon. I mean, everybody knows the horror name, the horrible Dr. Bones. You know, he's the bad guy from the gigging, but there's no need to reveal that side of him so soon. And in such a meaningless scene, right? There's no reason for that. They should be, he just been, should have been his regular old 
white suit wearing normal dude down there doing a sound check and that but that have been fine but there's no reason for the the weird voodoo bloody voodoo look or whatever the fuck you want to call it like it was right. a waste it's way too soon um so now we jump to all the members of the urban protectors dressed in their pajamas who have been mysteriously <laughs> teleported to some large concrete room. Um, I, what yeah, the yes, fuck? Yes. Like, what is going yeah, on? This, this is the urban protectors sans Jamal. No Jamal. Yes, Jamal's no Jamal. There. No Jamal. Uh, Bones pops up looking normal again. So again, no reason for him not to look, you know, for him to look that way, but he's all normal again. And he starts telling them they're all in his dream. So now he's got, I guess, Freddy Krueger powers or he's pouring them into his dream or something. Uh, again, he starts, to, and they're all like in like this trance. Like they don't, or not yet. They're not yet. They're just like, what's going on? And he tells them that they're going to be superstars. I'm going to make you rich. And then one by one, he seems to start putting them all in like some kind of trance or something. Ugh. And he starts like preying on their like greatest financial desires and their worries. And like, he's, you know, doing that weird shit. Their uh, dark secrets. Yeah, he starts like mentally breaking them down one by one so that they'll be more willing to sign his contract tomorrow morning. Uh, and this goes on for a while because he literally goes to each person. Each person has like a five minute or well, it feels like five minutes, but like two to five minute like monologue and breakdown of like their inner desires or fears or childhood trauma or bullshit that doesn't fucking matter. It gets really boring this, pretty quickly. Well, the thing you got the reason it was boring. It's because they wasted it. They wasted a good opportunity to actually give a little bit of insight into the characters. Perfect example. You have the Pookie character who's like, your mother was a, used to beat you. That's why all you did was play music. And they would just, and they would do a flash. But it says right back to them. Why don't you do a flash to like a drunk mom slapping her kid who's playing drums in the house or something? And then Pookie's like, I, 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 I love my mom. I love my mom. And it's like, yeah, but you don't feel that you loved her. And then there's another flash. But we're right back there. Yeah. And we're right back there. And it's like you could have sh- – like he apparently what happened is Pookie like was arguing with his mom. She was drunk. He pushed her. She fell down the stairs and died. This is a very dramatic thing to talk about. And you can so easily show it in flashback scenes. Well, but they never did. All they did was have a conversation between Bones and Pookie. They did the same thing with the keyboard girl who's like, I never got the dates in school. I was always the nerd. People thought I was too black. You know, they're like talking about her being too African looking. Oh, my God. Stuff. Okay. Her thing. I'm sorry. Hers was so lame. First of all, I will say, yeah, they could have shown something, but on a micro budget, maybe they didn't have the, the budget or the time to shoot those extra scenes. But they could have done like maybe like a voiceover of like the, the mom, this voiceover yes. screaming at him or yelling at him and voiceover. That would have been fine. Yes. But the girl, Wanda, she's like, man, I never got any dates because all the guys in my school, they just wanted them Barbie dolls with them flat stomachs and, and great asses and skinny bodies. I'm like, and you look at her like, Bitch, that's what you are. You got your skinny with a flat stomach and a big butt. Like, that, what are you talking about? Yeah, you're not an ugly hot. girl. Like, shut up. <laughs> like, it's I the mean, worst. She's, she's pretty. She's pretty hot. Like, it's the worst excuse. Like, it's so bad. Like, it should have been Pookie saying, "I never got the dates because I've always been this chubby kid." Yes. I, that, and then maybe Wanda was the one with the bad parent or something. Yes, that would have made yes, more yes. sense. Not like the hot girl complaining she couldn't get dates because she was. 
She was exactly what, what the guys were looking for. Like, that, too what dark, the fuck? too dark skin. I mean, she's darker than Lisa, but she's not like Wesley Snipes dark. No, or yeah, she's yeah. Um, so anyway, <laughs> and of course, and of course, it does. It, all this is bad enough, is it? But the acting is also pretty terrible. It's, it's pretty low caliber throughout all this, which makes yeah, it even yeah. more difficult to sit through. So finally, the scene ends with which Bones releasing them from their dream, from the dream world. And we cut to Maxie White and some chick, like he's hitting on or they're on a date with or something, walking down the street together. They get to his car, they make out a bit, and they get blinded by like a bright light. And like a fucking spotlight. Yeah, it's like a floodlight just right on. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, Maxie tells the girl to get into the car and she does as up pose Bones limo. So those were headlights. Those were some big ass fucking headlights in the bright, that fucking bright. Um, Bones and his goons get out of the limo and Bones confronts Maxie about his talent poaching ways. He's like, I'm tired of you poaching my talent, blah, blah, blah. Um, which I don't know. Um, Bones silences Maxie by holding up his skull cane. The eyes of the cane grow red and then Maxie starts choking as a white light forms around his neck or out of his he, mouth or something. He's basically force power, force choking him with a cane. Yeah, it's basically, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. That's a, that's a really good way of putting it. Um, uh, and so again, they use, start using that weird uh, Black Hole Sun distorting effect on, on, like, on Maxie's neck and his face. Um, the girl in the car starts screaming. Maxie drops to his knees, clenching at his throat. Bones orders his thugs to take Maxie to the car. While so the two male goons d- grab Maxie, drag him off screen, and then like the chick goon, the, the uh, she reaches into the car and just strangles the black chick in the car and kills her. Like just ram girl, you're dead. Whatever. <laughs> so she's ram girl's dead. <laughs> We jump to the next day. We get some Dr. Bones radio show voiceover um, before we go back to uh, Bones' club as the uh, Urban Protectors arrive for their meeting with Bones to sign their big contract, their big deal. Uh, Before they head inside, they do gather around for a little prayer circle outside, which, okay. Yeah. That was weird, but (laughs) lame. Stupid, but whatever. Um, Inside, Theodora gives them a proper tour of the club. Uh, she leads them down into the basement, tell them that it's under construction, and eventually it will be used as a for TV broadcasting, because um, so many TV broadcasters are in a basement. Because that's great. Um, Aren't you in a basement? But I'm not broadcasting TV. <laughs> I'm not broadcasting TV. We're not broadcasting live either. We're recording this. <laughs> um, so anyway, they come to this large metal door covered in white voodoo symbols. Jamal's like, hey, what's this for? What's up with that? And Theodore's like, oh, um, that's Bob. But before she can answer, Op Pup's bones saying that's it, that that is his private workroom. Yeah, and the whole time, Jamal's being a fucking stick in the mud. The whole band's like, holy shit, dressing rooms. We got a back room. We got a green room. We're going to be playing on this great stage. The sound recorder is going to be great. Uh, and Jamal's like, yeah, no, yeah, man. He's just being a fucking little bitch the whole time. Yeah. Uh, Bone takes him to the, the quote-unquote new studio 
where Theodore turns on the speakers, which are so loud that it hurts the urban protector's heads. Um, she laughs at this and then says, I could blow your head off with these speakers. And which, okay, maybe foreshadowing. No, fuck, fuck. <laughs> they dropped the ball on that one. You think, oh, okay, cool. We're getting some headaches. Nope. But I guess it maybe relates to make the guy's head exploding in the opening scene, but it's... I, yeah, but it's, but she basically just tells what should have happened. Yeah, what should have happened, but do, yeah, doesn't. Um, upstairs, they all sit down at a table and go over the contract, uh, which is a... <laughs> wait till we get to the, the deal of this contract. It's pretty fucking shitty for them to say, I'm going to make you rich. You're going to be superstars. So Bone tells them they will all get... $25,000 as a signing bonus each. That's big. That's big. That's a big signing bonus. And then they'll get $100,000 over three years. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's three hundred. That's like $33,000 and change a year. That's so low. That's I know. So that's low. what I'm saying. That's, it's, it's shitty. Um, along with, uh, 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 for three years for a, and a percentage of record sales, which based on that music we just heard, ain't, ain't not going to be a very high royalty check coming in for those guys. Uh, this is the shittiest deal. Especially for somebody who's like, if you guys, he's like, these are the next big stars. You're my guys. I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to, if you're going to entice them and use them for your evil deeds, fucking entice them. Offer them like, here's fucking million dollars or something. Like, here's, no, here's a hundred thousand dollars over three years. Like, yeah, and it's like their signing bonus is almost the equivalent of a year's worth of work. Yeah. Like, it, it, I, what is like, you get a better job working at like fucking like, I don't know, UPS right now than, than you yes. can't this? Like, yes, it, it's the shittiest deal. truck driver will make more money than the fucking urban protector. A UPS driver can make contract. like six figures. Like a, a, a cross country truck driver can make six figures <laughs> easily. Um, it could have been $100,000 a year. Yeah, uh, uh, that a year then maybe, yeah, but yes. not over three years. That's what it should have been. Yeah, and then at this point, Jamal knows that he's pretty much being left out of the deal and kind of being pushed dude, aside. Jamal, Jamal's their best series, like, dude, this guy, is, this is not a good contract. Yeah, he's like, yeah, like this is not a good contract. And they're like, shut up, Jamal, this is our big ticket. Like, guys, this isn't a good contract. Um, but anyway, the band pressures him into going along with it for the sake of the band. Um, and then Bones also tells, them that, tells the group that they will be part of a live worldwide broadcast uh, but first, he wants them to play for a small gathering that he's having, like, later tonight or something. Uh, and then he hands them all, like, a check. So we cut back to Lisa and Jamal back at their place again. Still talking about Bones and his motives and, and trying to convince everybody, not, Lisa, not to do this. But they end up just making out on the couch. And I guess they end up banging because we fade to black. That's the whole scene. We go back to the club as all the guests are arriving. They're getting seated uh, in front of the stage. Uh, in the sound booth, we have Theodora. She tells Bones that they're just about ready to begin the tests. Uh, and she reminds him that he has to perform the ritual at the same time that the source music is being performed. And that she'll mix it in with the music so no one will ever be able to tell. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, sure, why not? Meanwhile, the members of the, of the UP are, they're in their dressing room getting ready for their big performance. Uh, Bones pops up in Lisa's dressing room with a bowl of fruit. Uh, I 
but okay, here's a bowl of fruit. And he kind of gets Nothing a, gets a black chick more excited than a bowl, bowl of fruit. Bowl of fruit, yeah. Um, so he gets kind of pervy and creepy here a little bit. He's like telling Lisa how good she looks. And she's he's getting a little little weird. Uh, a little handsy. Yeah, a little handsy. And she's verbally, verbally handsy. Verbally handsy. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, but she seems to fall under his spell. Like all of a sudden, she's she's, she's kind of like spellbound here. She's she's something, and she she starts. She's she's okay with it. She's she's fine. Sure. Sure. She's more than okay because they they show a glimpse of her face and her eyes are like all like kind of like open, like she's under like a hypnosis or something like that. And she leans in and kisses him on the cheek. Right as Jamal comes around the corner and sees this. Lisa closes the door to her dressing room as Bones looks over at Jamal and smiles. And his smile grows into an actually pretty goddamn creepy, like, demon smile. Uh, And this is probably the best-looking effect in the movie, in my opinion. It actually looks pretty good. It's a really creepy-looking visual. And that's, that's, that's the moment I recognize its Black Hole Sun effects. Yeah, I said this yeah. is the, this makes me more reminds me more of Black Hole Sun now that you say because that that's creepy grin that smile. Um, yeah, but but it's that same type of like distortion that they use. And then I thought back about the other effects. I'm like, okay, yeah, the, it makes sense now. It's the, it's probably the same engine they use for the Black Hole Sun effects, which was done I think in '93, yeah. '94, and this movie's 2000. Yeah, so probably. they probably got it on the cheap, and now they're using it six years after it's already been invented. Um, but, but but I agree, I agree. That's probably the, one of the better moments. It's definitely the, the creepiest moment in the movie. Everything else sucks, but that, it's definitely the creepiest part. Um, Bones leaves. He walks away. Bone and Jamal enters Lisa's dressing room. Again, Jamal confronts her about his distrust of Bones and the relationship he has with her that they're the two of them are forming. Um, meanwhile, in another dressing room, Pookie and Phil get into a fight over Pookie, I think it's Pookie, drumming on a desk. Which pisses off Phil. They start fighting. Um, I'm, I'm with Phil. I'm with Phil. That was fucking annoying. <laughs> I'm with yeah, Phil it was fucking annoying. Way. Yes, it was. Yeah, I'm with Phil all the way. That motherfucker just kept rat-a-tat-tatting on the table. It's like, come on, man. Fuck off. I'm I know you're. he is a drummer here. and he might be nervous, but you can go rat-a-tat-tat in, in a different room in some room. Yes. Um, anyway, Jamal breaks it up. Uh, and then Jamal finds Wanda in her dressing room having like some kind of emotional breakdown all of a sudden for like w- no fucking reason. I don't know what that was about. And he calms her down too. So Jamal, Jamal just putting out fires and plugging those holes, you know, those leaks. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what's going on at this point. Now, now I get Jamal's role. He keeps their shit together. Yeah. Um, so now everyone is gathered by the stage ready to go on. And now remember way back when, when Jamal mentioned that the UP – uh, performing costume uh, because that was complete bullshit uh, unless you consider regular fucking clothes to be costumes because there is no costumes at all in this. They're all just wearing regular fucking street clothes. Like, what? Why even say that? Why? Oh, they perform a costume and then not have them perform a costume. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I know. I thought it was going to be some kind of like Funkadelic, you know, George Clinton. Like, let's have some some cool. Nope. It's just hot pants and thigh-high boots and Pookie's wearing some kind of like neon colored overalls. That's it. And Phil, he looks like a fucking beatnik, like, speech, was it speech? poetry guy like uh yeah the, the, the spoken word spoken word stuff. poet thing he, he's just all black like a black 
thing on his head. Like, there's no costume here. (laughs) So, anyway, um, Bones takes the stage, introduces the group to the to the audience, which I apparently are supposed to be like the city's elite. Like they're like they're like the fat cats of the city. Um, the group takes the stage and they start playing their shitty little song again, the same one we've heard before. Uh, while they play, we see Theodora put some kind of earplug in her ear, um, and so does the this random henchman. Uh, well, I don't think it's random. I think it was the guy that we saw in the basement booth at the very beginning with Theodore and Bones. But I don't know. Some guy puts another earpiece as well. Um, Jamal sees both of them do this, so he's like, he's like, oh shit, something. They're putting earplugs. Something's up. So he's like, skedad. He starts creeping away uh, to figure this out. So uh, he he actually goes into the sound booth, and while Theodore is yelling at him to get out and all that shit, he swipes the keys to the basement. Uh, and then follows this white cable that he finds that's that's coming out of the wall labeled basement. Yeah, he, 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 he swipes he swipes the keys and he also swipes with one of those earplugs. Yeah. And, and she's telling uh, him to get out or your contract is null and void. Get the fuck out. She wants him out big time. And yes. it's so funny. A, a, outside the booth, there's just two plugs. One that's a stage. Yes. The other one says basement. Basement. <laughs> <laughs> Two cables just was tape. They're just stuck in the wall with tape with like a label maker tape and it says sound booth basement. <laughs> so he follows this white cable that runs like hundreds and hundreds. Of, this cable is the longest cable in the world. Dude, I don't know where you Tell me get, about it. It runs through the entire fucking building, down the stairs, through the basement. It's like someone have a Bugs Bunny cartoon, man. It, it, yes. It's insane. It's fucking ridiculous. So, of course, he <laughs> follow, like I said, he follows it all the way down to the basement where he finds Bones in his private work area, dressed in his voodoo robes, um, standing over who I think is Maxie White laying on an altar while his two, like, chick henchwomen stand by. Bones rips out Maxie's heart we get more of that black energy or tiny bats, where the fuck it is, flying out from the heart. Tiny bats, tiny bats, yeah. I don't know what it is. Uh, Bones is chanting something at this point in time with the music. I don't know what it is, but he's chanting something. Yeah, it's it's in time with the music, and that's yeah. the whole thing. It's, it's it's supposed to be in time with the music. Yeah. And I, I agree. I couldn't make it out. I didn't understand what he was saying. I didn't understand exactly what he was trying to chant. You couldn't you couldn't understand it. Was just it was too distorted. And too uh, mumbly. It was just too mumbly, mumbly, too shitty. Yeah. yeah, and it it was it was a shame because it it, it got it, at first it was so distorted it was just a sound. Then you realize he was saying something like, "Okay, what's he saying?" And you never got the fucking answer. No, you never did. Um, so Jamal at this point, like, um, it's like his head starts hurting. Like he's like he grabs. He's like, "Oh, I got my head!" And he puts in like the earpiece, and then he. he he slips away on scene and rushes back upstairs. In the sound booth, uh, we have Theodora explaining to that other minion we saw, the one we put the other earpiece in, like ex- basically m- like doing the villain monologue about explaining what's going to fucking happen and how this is going to happen. So, of course, I, replay- I-, I recorded this clip because I didn't want to try to explain it because it's yeah. fucking ridiculous. So... Here's here's the, their master plan and how it boils down. 
through the words of Theodora. You see, the same magic that can control the bodies of the dead is being harnessed through sound to control the minds of the living. Before though, whenever we tried to mix the chants of liminally with pre-existing music, the results were catastrophic. Each test subject died. We finally figured that we had to mix the music live. The chant being performed at the same time the music is performed. Then and only then will the combination be effective. Music does indeed have an effect on the mental state of the listener. With the addition of the chant, we should have total mind control. All right. So that's the plan? My, I guess some kind of mind, living zombies? Mind control? Who fucking knows? Yeah, yeah. So they're going to... They're gonna play this music somehow with the chance of the voodoo goes with the beat and it can control people's minds, essentially. Yeah. Now, the thing I also found interesting and, and another missed opportunity was that she said at the beginning that like in you know, we found like before the, the same thing that controls the minds of the dead, we now can control the minds of the living. So Apparently, they're controlling dead. Like, like they, they, they should have done something to show some, like, past results. Like, here's where we, I don't know, something about, like, okay, there's zombies now or something. Like, where? I like how they just kind of spring this on you. Yeah, okay? it's like, wait, what? Where do, there's zombies now? Where do, they're controlling dead people? Where? Who? What? <laughs> like, well, show me something. Kind of- they kind of foreshadowed that with the guy who was having the spasm on the floor. He's like, you were one of my best servants crushed his heart and he died but it was just so shittily done you didn't understand what was happening and it's not really you don't get zombie from that he's just a dude like i don't know it's like well yeah it was like that was that was weird i mean if that's the logic if if he's if he was a zombie and, and and bones is holding his heart then that's the same logic that that means indiana jones was a zombie then for a while Doing the whole, you know, when he had his heart pulled out by what's his name, right? Like, what, like the. Well, Marshall, Indiana Jones's heart never got pulled out, actually. That's right. It didn't get. The other guy did. The other dude guy. It was, it was the guy going, Oh, Mom, she buy. Yeah, Mom, she buy. Yeah. Kali Ma. Yeah, all right. So that guy would have been a zombie then or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what? I, I don't know. So, anyway, it's fucked up, weird ass logic or master plan that is that uh, we'll move on uh the up's performance ends. they uh lisa looks out over the crowd and sees everyone is just sitting there staring blankly back at her in like this comatose catatonic state um and then lisa starts even looking a little off a bit she starts kind of looking in that same blank stare um at this point which is really weird because it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't get that. I, I don't get that at all. Um, so, how do I explain this? So, so, all right. So, if, if the music mixed with the chant makes everybody who hears it into go into like a comatose zombie trance state, okay. But then the whole band should have fought. Like, they're hearing their own music play, so they should have been in the trance too. But if they're in the trance too, then they shouldn't have been able to continue to play their song because they would have been like zombie trance 
state. So that makes zero sense. And then she thinks she's not in a zombie state. She's able to finish the song. It's like, okay, everything's good. But then when she notices the audience looking back at her, like in that trance state, then she now goes into trance state. So it's like, are, is this like a Medusa effect that you look at the zombie and they, they turn you like, it's, I, it's so weird. Like, I don't know what is happening or how this is supposed to be explained, but anyway, at this I point, really like you trying to, trying to break down the logic of an urban <laughs> full moon production. <laughs> I, I, I love the effort that you're putting into it. That's, <laughs> Commendable. Well, thank you. Um, at this well, point, <laughs> bravo. At this point, Jamal comes running onto stage, telling him that it's over. Uh, no more music. We gotta get out of here. And then he too looks out and sees like the messed up audience. Everybody's all weirded out. Um, he says they're all zombies. Like what? <laughs> like, how, how do you know they're zombies? Like there's nothing that gives them away. That he, he first of all he didn't hear the conversation that Theodora had in the booth with the other guy. He was in the basement. Two, Bones never said anything about zombies down there, I don't think. Like, how would he know there's, they're not walking around like undead, like actual zombies. They're just people sitting there, like looking like they're in a coma or something like that. Like, uh, like Marshall, Marshall, you're going to, you're going to hate me. You're going to hate me for this. Okay. The, uh, the earpieces that they put in, yeah. the little microphones on them. I don't know if you saw it. They actually had tiny, tiny microphones on them. So you can talk to each other. So he could have heard the conversation. Well, I, no, they didn't. Yes, they did. No, they yes, didn't. Have, like, they didn't have like the freaking microphones like coming. There's no microphone in no, those no, things. No, 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 no. They were uber tiny. They were at microscopic small microphones well, on the side. Okay, either of the okay, shut the fuck up. Shut, shut up. Well, either one, either one. You are making this shit up and to try to get me or two. There's, you're saying this was actually in the movie because I don't remember anybody ever saying anything about, hey, there's a microphone, microscopic microphone on these earpieces. Well, that's what? a lot of shit they didn't explain in the movie, obviously. <laughs> so I will screenshot it and send it to you. Okay, because did they actually say there's a microphone attached to this or are you just no, assuming? No, 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 no. They did not say that, but there is a built-in microphone that they show the guy's putting in his ear. It's obviously like a microphone you can talk, like, they make it pretty clear you can communicate through it. I don't. Th I don't know. I don't think that. But whatever. All right. It, I don't know about that. But we'll, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, at this point, Voodoo Bones and his henchmen all enter the uh, performance space. Uh, he says something that makes Poopy po Pookie and <laughs> Poopy. <laughs> Poopy. <laughs> it makes, it makes Poopy and Phil turn against Jamal. So they're like, oh, you've been against it from the beginning and you don't want to think, yeah, blah, blah, you're bad. Ah, you suck, Jamal. Um, and then Bones tries to get Lisa to turn on Jamal too by saying that the crowd loved her and her music. And on that cue, all the audience members stand up and start clapping for her. And that if she walks off the stage now, She'll never get back on it. And so he's like threatening her, but also trying to honey dick her at the same time. I don't know. Um, Lisa starts to walk towards Bones, but Jamal grabs her by the arm and runs off the stage, dragging her behind him. Fuck the rest of the band. He just getting Lisa out of there. <laughs> Dude, yeah, he completely leaves everyone. Everybody else wants. is just done. Like, that's it. We don't see them again. You really, you do not see them again. <laughs> I don't think. It's just him and Lisa from here on out. Uh, Bones orders his two chick henchwomen 
uh, to go after them, uh, s- telling him to bring Lisa back alive. Uh, Theodore and the other guy at this point, I-, I don't know if he's a minion or like a third partner in their crime. I don't know. But um, they come up singing the praises of their success and that how um, after they broadcast this live on that big worldwide broadcast they mentioned earlier that they're going to rule the world. We're going to rule the world. Ah, like, this, is something like a, this is like something like a G.I. Joe Cobra Commander top like plot. <laughs> we will rule the world. I, Cobra! I really, I really hate, again, this is, seems to be a big theme in urban horror. Ruling the world. You know, through shitty R&B music. <laughs> And, and what, uh, what other movie was there? Like when they were uh, Crips. Like I'm a black vampire who like kind of runs this small neighborhood. I'm gonna rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> They're always so bent on world domination. Can't you just be happy with your little slice? I just mean, be happy with your your ghetto blocks. You know, come on, just be be the big fish in a small pond. You know, you'd be happy with that. At the same time, like, it, it, dude. Great aspiration. Move up to the city. You take over the city. Wow. Fucking A. That's amazing. You took over the city. But the fucking world? That's a tall fucking order. Yeah. <laughs> um, that so, means you have to have people in Japan listening to the Urban Defenders. Yeah, well, that's a, it's a worldwide broadcast somehow. That this, this, like, local, like public radio type guy so he has the funds to some of a worldwide broadcast somehow i mean technically we're a worldwide broadcast again sort of but we're not doing it live but yeah i guess but yeah they don't really i mean i assume they don't do talk about doing it online like over the internet this is back in 2000 so it would have had to been like some kind of like radio or tv yeah there's no there's no no fucking way. It's they so did not crazy. think the logistics of this through very well. Like this is they, they skipped some parts here that to make this work. So um anyway, so they're like, yeah, theory, we're gonna take over the world. And then Bones responds saying, Ah, us. Yeah. And then he just orders the zombie quote unquote zombie audience to kill Theodora and the other black guy. He takes out their What partners. an asshole. Yeah. So the audience just swarm Theodore and the other guy and like rip them apart, which you don't really see because there's a, a like a mosh pit of people just like you know just crowd, yeah. crowd around. And, that's and dude, it. I love I love the security that Bones. He's so lax in his security. I mean, because like Jamal's able to like get into the sound booth, grab the keys, grab the earpiece, yeah, go down to the basement, watch Doctor Bones do his fucking mumbo jumbo. Jump up on stage, snatch Lisa, walk right past the Black Matrix defenders, and go on his way. Like, Jesus Christ, Yeah, you think for, again, a guy who's got these diabolical evil plans to turn everybody into some kind of living zombie mind control puppets would have a little better grasp on security to make sure his plans... I mean... Goddamn, Jamal's not fucking Sam Fisher. or, Or, you know, he's just some dude. Like, there's no way... He should be He's a, pull- a dude who drinks whiskey out of a paper Dixie cup. Yeah. <laughs> and manages a shitty local garage band, basically. Uh, so anyway, um, 
Jamal, for some reason now, some reason, I don't know why, but he takes Lisa down into the basement instead of out of the fucking building. So it's like instead of running outside, let's run deeper into the bowels of the beast. Basically, (laughs) it's like our theme song. Instead of running upstairs, they're running downstairs instead of out the door. Yes, into the basement, um, where they immediately get attacked by zombie minions, I guess. But Jamal's able to fight them off pretty easily, and they escape. They go to Bones's. Well, they they did have one moment where it was like their special effects moment. Uh, Lisa all of a sudden is out of her trance. Yeah. She is, she's screaming and she's like, oh my God, oh my God. You know, the black matrix attacks and Lisa slaps the glasses off of one of the gal and her eyes are shown shut. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. They did a close up and her eyes are shown shut. I'm like, Jesus Christ. That's like one of the scariest like little flashes they have. But I'm like, what the fuck? What does that mean? What is? What am I looking at? That's a good point. Like, I, 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 I was looking down. My, I must have been typing when that happened. But yeah, you're right. Um, that does, and that's a good point. Like, what is? It's a pretty cool little like, ah, gotcha moment. Like, but they never explain. You never see no. why. Like, why are these people missing eyes? Why is Doctor? We see him taking hearts, but what is? Why is he going like all like Kane, Jacob, Goodnight now taking out eyes or sewing eyelids shut? I mean, you, that's never explained. Why is the nice. rain? Why would you want blind zombie minions anyway? How do they see what they're doing? What are they? How, what is happening? I, I, I now now that explains it. Now that explains his shitty security. They, can't <laughs> they have no eyes. <laughs> They're like goddamn bats. They're on echolocation the like Daredevil. <laughs> That's how the bats tie in. It's <laughs> all bats. It's all sonar. That's what it is. God damn, I'm excited to be back. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so they get the bones' this private like work area behind that metal door, and they find a fish tank filled with like. Well, not still, but in the fish tank is are like human hearts impaled on sticks, and the first there's no water in the tank. It's like these like there's like six, I don't know sticks or something like that, and each one's got a human heart on it. It's like dry ice fog effect around it. I don't know if there's dry ice. I think it's just a a empty fish tank with hearts in it. Uh, Bones and his goons show up. Jamal somehow somehow figures out the hearts. In the tanks, in the tank, are keeping Bones' minions alive. How he figures this out, no fucking clue. Again, he's got some kind of amazing knowledge base that we, we just don't understand. I don't get it. Um, so, Bones says that he will soon become obsolete and that his neo-zombies won't have to die to serve him. Um, so... That the the current zombie minions will be obsolete and they don't have to be dead anymore to serve them. So again, where I wish we would have seen some background on how he's making these zombies in the first place, these quote unquote dead ones, but we never do. He also says something about how zombies about zombies burying him children, which is just fucking weird. I mean, does he really want to fuck a zombie? Like, how is this way? He literally says these zombies will bear my children or something like that. And that's just fucking nonsense. That's what I, I Aaron, help me out here. What, what, give me something on that. I, I can't, 
To be perfectly honest, I kind of checked out. <laughs> I mean, look, the, the zombies will be able to, sure, sure they will, pal. We got, we got, we got sonides shut, hearts in cages, hearts in aquariums, um, you know, hey, nani, nani. Yeah, uh, whatever, pal. I'm just, I'm ready for this to be over. All right. Like, I'm not paying, I'm not, I'm not getting too deep. <laughs> All right, so at this point, Jamal dashes over to the tank, grabs one of the hearts, and squeezes the heart in his hand. More of those black bat energy shit comes flying out. And one of the chick henchwomen, zombie hench, whatever the fuck this thing is, she screams in pain and then seems like powered down like a fucking robot. Yes! And just stands there. Just doesn't fall to the floor. Just kind of does a robot power down and stands there. Like, what? (laughs) What is happening? crazy jamal then pull he's like oh i got it now so he grabs the entire fish tank pulls it down the glass tank shatters on the floor which then destroys all the heart even though the hearts aren't really damaged because they don't they're not like he squeezes the one heart and, and crushes it in his hand i get the other one just fall on the floor and that's enough to just cause all the other zombie henchmen to just scream and start flailing around their arms all twitching and flailing around and he gets some more like the head distorting, warping effects. So I'm like, oh, the zombies are all, all going to explode. That's going to be cool. We'll come back to that. Uh, Bones <laughs> charges Jamal at this point, tosses him up against the wall. Lisa attacks Bones from behind, but Bones just turns and smacks her with a back fist, saying her, sends her reeling onto Maxie's, bloody, uh, Maxie's body on the altar. Which now he comes back to life for some reason. There's a quick glance of she he she falls on the body and then his body like sits up like he's a zombie now. But then you never see him again. He doesn't attack her. He doesn't get off the altar. Do it. He just sits up like, hey guys, what's I'm here. And then that's it. Nothing comes of that either. So another missed opportunity there. Uh, Jamal leaps onto Bones, but Bones flings him off and beats Jamal down with his skull cane. Lisa then turns and like. Johnny Cage or something like that. And she comes like comes with like this comes up and kicks Bones with such Shadow force kick. he goes flying backwards into the all like like six electrical boxes, which of course begin to electrocute him. <laughs> the classic blue electricity washes and swarms swarms and stuff like all over Bones' body. Sparks are flying off of him as he screams and twitches. Jamal and Lisa run through the now deactivated zombie henchmen. Again, like, you think they're all going to blow up, right? Like, but no, not all of them. Like, all six of them just are standing there, like, powered down robots. Um, And they just run through them, and they're they're gone. More more sparks erupt off of bones. Um, Upstairs, all the zombie audience members return to normal, along with the, uh, the rest of the urban protectors. As Jamal and Lisa run back onto the stage, um, how I, I hope those audience people don't have any memory of what happened because they're gonna feel real shitty when they realize, oh fuck, we just ripped these two people apart and <laughs> probably <laughs> ate them. <laughs> God damn, that would be terrible. To remember that? Be like Winter Soldier, I remember everyone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I remember ripping them apart. <laughs> They seem pretty cavalier about it. Yeah, a number of like, holy shit, what happened? They're just like, they're just standing like, all right. Um, Jamal, this is the shittiest thing. It's so fucking lame. So Jamal just stands there. He looks out the audience and says, 
Well, that's our show. That's our show for the night, folks. And then walks off stage with the band as it fades to black. Really? That's what you're going to say? Like, why are you say anything? He's like, guys, we got to get the fuck out of here. Not like, that's our show, folks. Good night. Da 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 or something like that. Like, I don't know. That's so weird. Uh, so we cut to Jamal back at his place. Now he's learning to play guitar because I guess he wants to join the band because what the things that Pookie and Phil told him about how he doesn't even play an instrument, doesn't you know help with the band, I guess got to him now. So now he's learning the guitar and we see a now pregnant Lisa enter the scene. We find out that they're now married. So it's some, obviously some time has passed. Um, the doorbell rings. Lisa goes to answer it and brings back a large cardboard box. Jamal opens it up to find another box inside. They lift it up, place it next to their ears, and they start hearing a strange noise that vaguely sounds like heartbeats. Uh, and then they both whisper, oh my God. Uh, cut to Bones in his basement in his robes again, holding a heart in his hand and chanting something that sounds like Jews Super 4. Jews Super 4. I don't know, but that's what it kind of sounds like. I don't fucking know. Blackout. And then we hear Jamal say, all right, let's start the music. Roll the credits. That's the fucking... What? What is happening? How is, what is that ending? First of all, Bones should be fucking dead, but I'll skim over that. What the fuck was in that box? And I'm hesitant to, what's in the box? What's in the box? Even though I just did it. But I'm sorry I did that. Um, why? What? what? Why? I don't know. Like, what would be in there that, one, they would be hearing enough for them to be like, oh, my God. And why is it just in a lame cardboard box if it's a speaker, if it's a beating heart? I don't know. It's fucking lame. This is a terrible ending. Absolute garbage. Um... But anyway, so we roll the credits. Now, if you're like us and you watch this on Tubi, as soon as the credits are over, you're treated to a making of feature, which is pretty lame. It's really fucking short. Um, because well, again, like, I, I, I mentioned, like, I this, the runtime on this. I stopped, I, I stopped watching the movie as soon as it started credits roll. I was done. Dude. Oh no, I, I, I watched done. all of it. Because <laughs> um, again, it says like, it, the runtime says like an hour and 51 minutes. So like, holy yeah. shit. Like, by the time the credits roll, there's still like 20 minutes left on the runtime. So like, what is this? So there's a making up feature. So I started watching it and it's like three minutes long. It's so short. But the whole time, it's just like the director or the, the writer or producer or somebody um, is just like, yeah, we're, this is a great effort, and this is a wonderful movie, and we're doing great, and we like to use up-and-coming new faces, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, that's just code for shitty movies who can't get real actors to do them. So we say we get up-and-coming actors, and that's it. And that's basically the making of. That's the whole thing. There's a few behind-the-scenes shots, but nothing. Um, although... The only bit of information I did get from it is that the girl who plays Lisa, um, she says that the, she did say that the whole movie was shot in six days, which I believe that actually. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. I believe that. That's a fucking Lily. So that's the making of feature. So if you watch that, 
Shit gets even weirder now because I don't know if this is a glitch on Tubi or what's happening, but as soon as the making of feature's over, you get to watch the entire movie again, only this time in super meth crackhead speed and in reverse. It reverses <laughs> the entire movie sped up like fucking flash on crack. It's so weird. And not just the movie, it takes you all the way through the movie, then through all the fucking ads, trailers, and commercials you had before the movie and start all the way back to the beginning. And once that's over, then you have like 15 minutes of just a gray screen. <laughs> like, what is happening? You know, it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen on any streaming movie. I've never seen anything like that before in my life. It's I'm so, so weird. glad. I'm so glad I stopped watching as soon as that first credits rolled. I'm like, done. Boom. I'm so <laughs> glad I didn't get subjected <laughs> to that shit. All right. So that's the movie, guys. Let's move on to our favorite kills. Don't act like you didn't love it. Favorite kill. All right. Favorite kill. There wasn't any goddamn kills in the whole fucking movie, it seemed. I it really aren't. I it, It's terrible it's pretty fucking it's it's atrocious it's it's beyond words at this point um what do you got Aaron? <laughs> i'm gonna go with the playboy in the beginning he's like play those jams yo starts bobbing his head gets the black hole sun effect and go kaboom his head explodes it's a shitty head explosion but at least it's like it, it gave me a little bit of hope it gave me a it gave me a sliver yeah. a sliver of hope they didn't let me down. <laughs> yeah, 100% so, right there with you, man. Right, I mean, That's the only kill you can, you, you really only one you can pick. I mean, you're not going to pick the, the random girl getting strangled in the car. Maxie getting his heart ripped out. Eh, that's lame because it doesn't even look good. Uh, random dude falls on the floor and dies. That's like, so the only one you can go with, I mean, even Theodore and the other men just get ripped apart, but you don't even see it. So the only thing you can pick is, that, warned, yeah. is, is, is the opening kill. And just like you, I'm like, okay. It looks shitty, but maybe this is going to be fun shitty. Like, okay, let's see something here. Head's exploding. Okay. And that's it. That, that It's all downhill from there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you. That's, that's the only thing. That's the only choice we have this week. So, um, let's just move on. Just when you thought it was over, here comes the odds and ends. All right. So, ratings. IMDb gives it a 2 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, there is no official thermometer score, but it joins a very small and elite club, the 0% club. Uh, so that's, that's pretty exciting. Wow. So 0% audience score. Yes. It has an actual audience score of 0%. Join some other movies. I think like, uh, I had these written down at one point. Let me see if I can find it. Cause I actually wrote down the 0% club somewhere. Um, now, I, for those of the, the, those listeners who don't know, I mean, obviously, uh, Rotten Tomatoes is made up of a lot of uh, critics and, uh, you know, from different newspapers or articles or blogs or what have you. And they rate movies when they see them. But, of course, movies like The Horrible Dr. Bones are so small and insignificant that they don't have bloggers and, and newspaper writers don't pay attention to it. But they right. do have audience scores. So an audience has seen it enough. They actually give it a score themselves, and the audience gave it a score of zero. Yes. Um, so, which 
like I said, I found my list of all the other movies we've had on this show that uh, have gotten to our zero percent club. I've got so here we go. Um, Slaughter High surprisingly got a zero percent. Silent Night, Deadly Night Two, zero percent. I'll always know what you did last summer, zero percent. Yeah, I would suck. Draniac, 0% audience score. Because they didn't have a regular, but that's the 0% audience score. Leprechaun 2, Troll 2, Repossessed, surprisingly, got a 0%. And the horrible Dr. Bones uh, now joins our 0% club. So congratulations, (laughs) horrible Dr. Bones, on making the elite list. (laughs) Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. I wouldn't mind going back and looking now and seeing if that isn't, like, Dude, there's garbage day sweatshirts. There's there's all yeah. kinds of pop culture around Saturday Night Deadly Night Two. I think it's become more of a fan favorite over the years. I'm curious if it still has a zero well, percent. Now keep in mind some of, I, I, some of those are combined. Some are zero percent credit scores and some are zero percent audience scores. So Saturday Night Deadly Night Two might not have an audience score of zero, but it had a zero percent critic. So, but either way, they somehow got made to zero percent club in one way or the other, and this one gets to add to it. Um, and then Amazon, fucking Amazon, being is three point three out of five. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, here's here's something for trivia. Uh, I wish they would have just done this in in general because um, so this movie was recut and. Cut down to 25 minute runtime and renamed Demonic Tunes and used in a 2005 anthology film called Urban Evil, a trilogy of fear. And that's about right. This movie is literally could be done about 25 minutes and you would miss nothing. <laughs> Dude, that's so that's so funny you mentioned that because in my final thoughts, I mean, I was gonna talk about it then, might as well talk about it now. It felt like a really super long episode of Tales from the Crypt. You know, it, it felt yeah, like a really Yeah, that's a great long, way to put it. It felt like a, it, like, it, 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 the story wasn't bad. Everything was there. Sure. I mean, you got this guy who wants to take over the world, voodoo, hip hop, whatever, and band, unsuspecting. But yeah, there, there's a, there's a lot you could have cut out. And obviously they padded the shit out of it. Yeah, it just felt like a really long episode of like, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, I, I, that's I, I'll agree with that a hundred percent as well. Um, so of course, no, I couldn't find the budget. There's no information on that, uh, unfortunately. So let's just move on to Mortal Kombat Combat. At the end of this day, one shall stand, one shall fall. In the end, when the dust settles, who will be left standing after Mortal Comet Combat? All right. So on the reviews of Amazon, there are only 15 total reviews on Amazon. 20, <laughs> 20% are five-star with only 9% being one-star reviews. Um, so here we go. Five stars from G.C. Jones. Cool, with a K, by the way. Cool is the first word that comes to mind to describe this. 
See it and you will know the true joy of B-movies. Except for a few scenes done poorly. Highly recommended. Five stars. And then the only one that I got from that actually role review from Michael Flishman. The doctor's in the house. And that's all caps bold with like seven exclamation marks behind it. So moving on to one star and we get off. We're going to lay off with a very familiar face or name. Anyway, the movie guy apparently chimed in on this one. We've seen him many times. Um, Dr. Bones can explode heads with music. He has a plan to control the world through hip-hop music. Very boring film. Music auditions use this filler one star. So nothing funny, but he just, yeah, he gives you a breakdown. But it's movie guy. So from Amazon customer, he writes, one of the worst movies in the world. This movie is very poor. The only good thing about this movie is one song, which is used to turn people into zombies. The plot is simple. The special effects are very poor. Do not buy or rent it. The acting is very poor. Bad script, poor acting makes this movie below sci-fi B-movies. One star. Um, and I'm going to call you out and say one good song? I, hate, I, I, I will debate you on that one, sir. You didn't like Hey Nani Nani? Hey Nani Nani? No, I uh, did not. And then last is from Todd A. Sundell. Horrible is right. This movie had no suspense, an outlandish plot, and absolutely no atmosphere. It was a complete and utter waste of time. One star. So not the best or funniest reviews today, but that's what we had to deal with. Um, so that brings us our take, man. Let's 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 give this doc, let's give this doctor a checkup, man. What what do you uh what's your final take on it, man? I, I I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be doing the podcast again, but at the same time, I'm not happy we did this movie. <laughs> Uh, I, I have to say it's so bad and scary, but uh, I, 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 let me just highlight a few points really quick. Oddly enough, I wasn't bored. I didn't get really bored watching it. I did fast forward to the musical parts because I was like, oh shit, they're going to play the whole goddamn song. <laughs> ten seconds, like 10 second skip, 10 second skip. I'm like, yep. So that helped in me skipping it. But at the end of the day, I wasn't horribly bored. It just felt, like I mentioned earlier, a super stretched out version of a Tales from the Crypt episode. If they condensed it and put it in an anthology, which, which they apparently did. they did, it could have been, you know, eh, kind of fun. You know, something kind of kind of different. But to try to make it a feature film and all the sad-ass padding and weird like effects that were just shitty... <sighs> it's just it, it just smacks of full moon fun you know yeah but at the same time it's not fun enough for me to enjoy that to, to give it a so bad it's good avoid it don't watch it to be perfectly honest at the end of the day it's it's just disappointing because i felt like they had something i felt like they could have had something with those flashback scenes we commented on you could have had something with like the slow reveal of Dr. Bones being an evil genius, you know, exploding heads. You showed at the beginning, you could have had more of those. Yeah. It's just disappointing of what could have been. So yeah, so bad. It's scary. Um, I'm uh, yeah. A hundred percent agree with you. So bad. It's scary. Um, this is not a, uh, uh it's, it's just not good, man. It, it, everything about it, Sucks. Like now, I don't know if I was necessarily that bored, but yeah, it's not. Inter- it's not really entertaining either. Luckily, I mean, the real runtime of the movie is only like an hour and fifteen minutes or something. It's not quite a full length, or um, but 
you could skip a lot of this movie. And he said, that, and I agree. Like when they cut it down to 25 minutes, that's probably right. This should be a, just an episode in or, of Tales from the Crypt or a, a part of an anthology. It's a short thing and, and be done with it. It probably would have been okay ish. I'll say that. Uh, I also, like you said, we counted before, but I definitely think they, they, they did the big Dr. Bones evil voodoo look reveal way too soon. Like the perfect, what they should have done, the perfect reveal for that would have been when Jamal sneaks down into the basement and sees him rip the heart off uh, Maxie White. That should have yes. been the first time we see Bones in his full evil voodoo getup. That would have been yes. the big reveal. Yes. That would have been great there. Not in a, we- a meanest throwaway shot like like 20 minutes earlier or something, like whenever it was. That's... But yeah, the effect the effects are bad. The, the acting's bad. The plot's pretty lame and weak. Uh, the music's not even good. There's really nothing really de- redeeming about this movie that I can suggest to watch. Um, so yeah, I, I'm saying so bad, scary too. Take a pass on it. Um, all right, so that's it, man. We're we're back. Uh, we're, we took a hiatus. We're back. Um, I know Aaron. This was not. This was a, a crazy movie to start. Uh, come back to, but uh, this has been our list for a while. And since we came back and kicking off black history month, I figured this is a good time to do it. And uh, if you hated this one, I can't wait for you to uh, get your thoughts on next week's movie. I'm excited about that one. Um, I, I will tell I you always, this. I always like, I always like black history month. I like doing the urban horror movies and you know, I've always wanted to watch do like tales in the hood or something like that, but those are too, they're a little too good. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe we should do Bones. And we've actually had a fan who wrote in saying we should do all the Killjoys. Just sit down. Well, that would take more than a whole month. I mean, we could do like a a Killjoy, like a a rapid fire one. Like we wouldn't be, if we didn't do a full episode on every movie, we could knock them out. But we already did Killjoy one. And if we started at two, I I thought about that and started moving on. But at, at one point, like they start getting away from horror and they start going into like more like almost comedy. Like it's just yeah. weird shit. Um, but anyway, so I, I will say I will drop one hint. Well, I'd say one, one thing, the movie we're doing next week, I actually have to bring over to you cause I had to buy it on DVD and I have to drop it off at your house. Uh, and two, I have one word hint for you and keep it to yourself. Cause I'm not saying what it is on air, but all I'm going to say is holla. And that's my word. That's my hint for next week's movie. Motherfucker, um, I know exactly what you <laughs> uh, So that's going to do it for us, guys. We're glad to be back. Thanks for listening. If you're still with us, uh, I'm glad. Thank you for sticking with us. Um, and hope you guys get everybody else come back. Uh, get, get, get your moon goods back on track. Um, I don't know what I'm saying now. I'm rambling. It's been a while. It, I'm, I kind of out of the flow of this. So I'm just going to shut up. We're going to end this right now. So... Till we're back next week, you guys know remember what to do. Watch more horror movies and remember to always keep it tight.